Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today I wanted to talk about a topic that's probably pretty elemental to life that people say to me all the time that I'm not sure I know how to do this correctly. And the thought is how not to take things for granted. And I know that that I get told that all the time. You don't want to take this for granted. You don't want to take that for granted. But I think it's something that we innately do as people. And I think that it holds us back because as we were going through our last discussion about the, the transfiguration, we have this natural inkling of thinking, okay, yeah, Peter was amazed and mystified but he also was riding around on a donkey. I mean, like how similar was this dude really? And there's this thought process that because we live in this so-called modern age, which by the way, every age thinks they're the modern age, um, has this belief that human nature is so much different and almost to a sense like it's nice that it happened, but it doesn't matter. You know, if you talk to people who are in high school now, there's almost that impression about the way World War II was. And we're only, what, four generations away from that. So you take that, you compound it to the way that Christ was two millennium ago, that you, you have this effect of, of why, does, why does it matter? And in essence, taking things for granted. You know, there's so many things around us in our normal life Last weekend was the dialing back of the, the clocks or dialing forward. Um, I remember when I was a kid that that was a huge deal that you had to prepare for. The priest would tell you, be ready. You know, we got to be here an hour early next week. The clocks change. I didn't even know what happened, but my phone took care of it. Like that's, it, it, to me, that was kind of a spark plug that made me think of this, that I still woke up on when I was supposed to because this company called Apple figured everything out. And there's so many little gizmos and gadgets in our lives that so much stuff can be taken for granted. And I wanted to to sit back and kind of set, how do we as people not take things for granted? Because every time I've ever seen someone who's put a conscious effort into being thankful, they're generally happier people. So I wanted to kind of just break down this process as we're preparing for Easter, which is the ultimate thing we should not take for granted, which was Christ willing to hang himself on the cross. So I wanted to kind of tie all that in and that pro thought process, because I think it's very essential to us as people today and every day. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> We, we're, all, we're always in a process of uh, focusing on a goal, moving somewhere, and then we basically, you know, subconsciously, primarily drop things into three categories. Tools, which facilitate us getting to our goal, obstacles, which prevent us from getting to our goal, and irrelevant. And basically, we drop 95% of reality into the irrelevant category uh, because we're focused on a particular goal. And uh, that actually 
impacts us at the level of the senses, kind of this classic study of people focused on the number of times the white team threw past the basketball to each other and completely missed the gorilla, the guy in the gorilla suit that walked out into the middle of the field of view, beat his chest a couple times and moved on. And then the people at the end were asked, instead of how many times did they pass the ball, which they were ready to answer, 12, they were asked, did you see the guy in the gorilla suit? And they didn't even see him and had to watch the video again to believe that that had actually happened. But the point is that we perceive reality even at the level of what what our senses process based on our goal, based on the the purpose of our life. So it's, uh, you know, the the ethic is is actually pressed into our, our sensory perception. And so part of the, you know, if you're if you're driving along the road and your goal is uh, to get to some particular destination, you're not doing a lot of sightseeing. You're focused on the road in a minimal way, other cars in a minimal way, and then maybe, you know, talking on the phone or listening to music or having a conversation with the person in the passenger seat or whatever else. And you're usually not focused on, you know, where the trees are and what color the sky is or something like that. Now, when somebody tells you uh, as you get into the car, pay attention to the deer, then you tend to put that into your sensory perception and you kind of keep an eye on the side of the road and you look for movement in a way that you wouldn't in the middle of the day or not in deer season. And so what we focus on and what our goal is depends on how we perceive things. And so part of what you're saying, Joe, you know, uh, at some level, I would say, uh, good, thank God that we have phones that take care of daylight savings time. It's not particularly something I want to focus my attention on. It's kind of stupid and I don't care about it. And so I'd rather not waste any time preparing for it or worrying about it or warning other people about it. You know, like there are a lot of things in life that way that uh, are just not that interesting. But what is interesting, and, and I think why you bring it up is that, you know, we do make, we do make some progress uh, as, a, as a people, you know, thinking about Apple and thinking about what has happened technologically, thinking about what, what human beings have been capable of when working together and then driven by certain forces, you know, and people will make the kind of socialism, capitalism uh, comparisons, like capitalism creates Apple, socialism doesn't and whatever, you know, those are, those are interesting things to focus on, to reflect on how to how do those dynamics affect us as human beings, as a society, as individuals, as, as groups? You know, how is the church affected by certain things? Those are interesting questions and interesting things to reflect on. But again, that's going to depend on what we focus our attention on, what our goal is. If our goal is you know, to get food on the table and like keep ourselves going, if our goal is to keep somebody alive who's, who's feeling sick, if our goal is to spread the gospel more effectively um, in, in some particular setting, then we're going to focus our attention on that. We never want to get so pragmatic that we lose sight of things like beauty and goodness and truth. You know, some of those philosophical questions are reality enhancing. They help us to live better lives. Um, likewise, you know, one of the things that St. Benedict says in the rule is 
keep death daily before your eyes. Think about your death. And, and that helps you to live more fully today. And, and again, more fully is defined in ways that we've talked about on earlier early podcasts, you know, what, what holiness means, what we're, what we're aiming at, what's our goal, what's our focus, what are we aiming at? And, and so those are the kinds of reflections that I think are, are useful. And, and you're right, during the Lenten season, we do that in a particular way. We focus on what's most essential in life. Um, it's worth taking a step back and thinking about that and, and focusing our attention on that, you know, to step away from counting the number of passes between the, the players in the white jersey and to actually survey all that's happening in the field of vision so that we catch the gorilla suit, you know, uh, taking a step back. Sometimes we really just want to focus on the people in the white jersey throwing passes. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing immoral about missing the guy in the gorilla suit. Who cares about the guy in the gorilla suit? I'm interested in the people throwing the ball. And, 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 and we would say that, you know, we've talked about that in other contexts, like who cares what's happening in the news? Who cares what CNN thinks is important? Who cares what's happening in Washington? You know, it's like, who cares about that? We can get caught up in things and make that the focus of our attention when it's like, pay attention to your one-year-old who just like said his first words. It's far more interesting than whatever President Biden says or whatever President Trump is doing now. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, so anyway, just paying attention, that would be the big picture answer to your question is like, what are we paying attention to? And are we paying attention to the right stuff? And do we need to shift our attention from time to time to pay attention to other things so that we actually pick up on stuff that's important and maybe rearrange our priorities a little bit so that uh, maybe we have things really out of whack. Maybe we're we, we should never pay attention to some of the things we're paying attention to. Maybe we should pay attention to some things that we're never paying attention to. Maybe there's some real big shifts. Maybe it's just a matter of perspective. And that's what like vacations do and retreats do. And Lent does is it gives us a chance to shift perspective for a month, for a day, for a weekend, and, and look at things a little bit differently. And, and that's that can really enhance our perception and and our experience and our wisdom and and insight so as we look specifically here um a thought had come to my mind is whenever it would be told to me take things you're, you're taking things for granted it, it, it was always in the impression that you were diminishing someone else's accomplishment and I, I just am sitting here in a room and, and I just happen to, to look at the carpet. And, and I think that this is an analogy for how most people process things is when they think of whenever you buy something such as carpet, you think of the work that you put into it to be able to earn the funds or the ability to have this carpet in your house where you don't think of how is the canvas made? How is the glue made and all the people that go in that, let alone the yarn or synthetics or whatever it's in it. And it ends up being that is a marvel that these things exist. Because if you told me to sit down and figure out how to make carpet, I'd have no idea. Um, you know, I'd be better off just finding an animal and skinning and saying that's your carpet rather than any of the modern stuff that we have today. So I, I, I recognize that it's almost an inherently selfish way. Your whole starting point with the way that the mind works, that we're dropping things into irrelevant. Well, what's relevant is what did me, I'm the body that the subconscious is living in. What did I do to get 
or in this half of this transaction, what did I do to, to receive it? Well, I went to work, did this, that, and the other, and I gave someone money. Like that's how our, our system works. But what we lose is, is the effort that the other side did. And, and we've talked about this before, how we don't want to diminish people in the products or processes, but you just kind of started with, Two-thirds of our options are making this person an obstacle to us or deeming them irrelevant. And what I, what I wanted to kind of focus on here, as it is part of the focus of Lent, is that that's, while may, maybe a, a standard biological process, not something that we should do with our souls. Because we can't physically touch our souls. We can't, you know see anything with it. I mean, it's, it, it's an inner part of us, but it's something that's an essential part to us. And we live in a world where we can go to confession and be absolved and we're not going to get flogged for it. We're not going to get um, condemned by telling a priest what we've done wrong. And there's not going to be physical harm to us. So it, in my mind, it can kind of take away from, the reason that that's not the case compared to what it was in the old Testament is because of Christ and the taking for granted what he had done for us and, and the perpetual mercies that he has given to the world um, through his, through his presence essentially. And through the church, I think is something that I wanted to focus on how we can appreciate that more, I guess is the way to say it to, to be able to to not make it a burden of guilt that's saying, oh, I'm not doing, I'm not in mass every four seconds, so therefore I'm not being appreciative. But to be able to look at it from a perspective of not taking things for granted, to to put them in our place, to, to have God be our one-year-old that's first doing its words, to have, to have, you know, Christ in its appropriate spot, especially as we're approaching Easter here in a couple of weekends. Well, I, it would be a, a useful Lenten practice, I would say, to just think about, you know, maybe uh, maybe once a day, uh, maybe twice a day, just to, to make a, that shift from things to people that you're describing, Joe. So when you look at the carpet, don't think about a thing or just make an intention to think about how many how many hands went into that and what are the lives of those people like? And to see that, to shift our attention to that, because what lasts forever is not carpet. What lasts forever is people and relationships. And those are the things that have enduring quality. And so just to think about that would be a really useful practice. Now, we can't spend our, you know, if we stopped at everything, there are 7,000 things in this room that I'm in. And if I thought about everybody that had everything to do with everything I was looking at, I would not do anything else. <laughs> so, you know, there is a, there's a point, obviously, to functioning the way that we function. But just to stop even a couple of times to reflect on that would be a really useful way to, to move from things to people to just, you know, again, think of that example of like, watch out for the deer. And then we pay a little bit more attention to things moving on the side of the road when we're driving along the highway. Pay attention to the people. And then we spend a little bit more attention focusing on who, whose blood, sweat, and tears went into a lot of the things that are around me. And then taking that the next step 
uh, that you're referring to, Joe, if, you know, pay attention to your soul and uh, why it is that we can have freedom, why it is that we can be absolved, why it is that we have hope and can actually move on from things and begin again and why we, why we have uh, a reason to believe that there is an eternity and, and ultimately there's, a, there's an aspect of reality that we have access to because of love. You know, a video camera doesn't see all of the things that we see. Even a video camera that could kind of figure out, you know, maybe one that watches everything that happens in the world and actually say, you know, these are the 1700 people that went into making this carpet and it could identify that, but it doesn't see the souls of those people. It doesn't see the relationships of those people. It doesn't see the struggles of those people and isn't able to evaluate the, the goodness, uh, the, the inherent and infinite goodness of those people. There's, an, there's a dimension of reality that we only have access to because of love. It's not an analytical thing. It's not a mental thing. It's a heart thing. And to engage that quality of seeing, uh, uh, you know, again, these aren't things we, we need to make a lot of stuff irrelevant. We need to not constantly, we would just get paralyzed if, if all we did was think about, you know, like all the people that went into making the carpet. Um, but but just, just add that dimension, a little bit of attention uh, with the lens of love, uh, with the relational lens to realize I'm not an individual who's just in the world. I'm not the center of the universe. I'm part of a very intricate and uh, historically deep and relationally broad network of people who are uh, all intertwined in interesting ways that I really affect other people and they really affect me. Again, just to think about that for, for a minute or two would be very broadening. And the more that we can kind of keep that in the back of our mind and engage reality that way a little bit more. Um, and of course, that network of people is all rooted in God, who is eternal. He really is with us all the time, and his love is present all the time. That, that would be a broadening perspective that would be very helpful, that it would prevent us from taking things for granted, to come back to your initial point. And to, to point out a, a, another element, I, I know that we put an extra emphasis upon doing something to better ourselves for Lent. You know, in most cases in America, it's giving something up. But this can be a common practice that we can do throughout, and it will give benefit. And And I think the thing that you mentioned there of keeping death in front of you is something that is, is very real. I know that people will say, well, why is there a statue of a saint holding a skull? Like, what, what's going on with that? And I apologize because I'm blanking upon what saint it is. I just know it's at the Little Sisters of the Poor Nursing Home. Um, but it, it's like almost in the dead center of the building that virtually every person has to walk by. And I think that that, that type of notion, a sense, aside from the sense that it's a, it's a nursing home, so death is already kind of common there more than than a normal place is that it roots you that there the only thing you have eternal is is what you're doing with other people and your relationship with Christ and as we've discussed many times it's the relationships 
that ultimately are, are what guide us and what direct us in doing the right thing. And the part that amazes me throughout it is that we can control our relationships essentially better than we can control anything else in this planet. You know, we can't control is the power going to turn on. We can't control is the water going to be coming through the pipes. But we can't control how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. Doesn't mean we're going to get the response back that we want um, for both ourselves and others, quite frankly. But we can give ourselves the thought and the appreciation for recognition of, of what's happened. You know, I, I think that everyone's has had this type of event where they thought they did everything right based upon the guidance they had, but the results never changed. I see this a lot with people who are going through whatever the internet told them for a diet. And like, I listened to it perfectly for a month, but I'm actually fatter. And it's like, well, you tried, you, you should give yourself credit for that and be thankful that you were willing to try. We just listened to the wrong teacher. And, you know, ultimately I, I, I want to, we'll carry this into the next episode, but the one thing that we know for certain is the teacher of Christ didn't make errors that are going to make us spiritually weaker or spiritually burdensome upon others. It's going to make us better and better people overall. So with that being said, we have to keep this episode a little bit shorter than others. We thank everyone for listening. We thank everyone for telling us about it, especially as we're entering Easter. We're hitting some of our strongest months consecutively that we've ever done. And that's just from everyone out there telling people about us and helping us grow. So we continue to ask you to do that. Um, and please, if you're following us on Twitter, it's at Father and Joe. Please give us retweets because that has dramatically helped us grow as well. So thank you guys each very much. And we will be with you again next week.